So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations. And this, the it's the 3rd of April. It's the 5th Sunday of Lent. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining us this morning. And, of course, help me to present the programme again. This podcast from uh, Arda County Limerick, Come and See Inspirations studio. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good. Thanks a lot for joining me, Shane. And I know, as usual, you'll have, you'll join me in welcoming those who are, our listeners who are abroad, different parts of the world, um, our listeners who are housebound, or lonely, and struggling in some way, and our listeners who support us each week in prayer. And we thank all our listeners for that prayer and for that support. Our podcast uh, includes interviews on faith topics, inspirational music, and reflecting, of course, on the Sunday Gospel. All of our podcasts can be heard at come and see inspirations at buzzspread.com or also uh, historically uh, uh, going back to 2009 uh, programs from sacredspace 102blogspotcom also Spotify, iTunes and of course on our Facebook page Come and See Inspirations. You can contact us if you wish and please do so by texting 087 6088 That's 087 or email Come and see inspirations at gmail.com. Oh, at this point of the program, we welcome back Shane again to share some saints for the week or what, what might be happening liturgically this week. Thanks, Shane. So it's a bit more quieter this week on the liturgical front. John, we're into the fifth week of Lent. Uh, so for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week one. So obviously it's the first week of April. So we're well into, into the spring at this stage. So Monday is the Feast of St. Isidore of Seville. Isidore became the Bishop of Seville in the year 600. and He died there in 636 AD. And he um, very much associated with um, composing a kind of an encyclopedia uh, at the time. And he was also very much involved with preserving what's called the most Arabic liturgy, which is still celebrated in Seville today. That's St. Isidore. He's known as, he's one of the bishops and doctors of the church. Tuesday, the 5th of April, is the feast day of St. Vincent Ferrer, 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 I think is how you pronounce the man's name. He died in 1419. He's a Dominican priest and very much associated with preaching the missions throughout Spain, France, and Italy. And he was very much involved with bringing unity during the schism between the Avignon and Roman claimants to the papacy. So very much trying to negotiate those and bring in that particular schism in the Western Church. Wednesday, the 6th of April, I went for the feast of Blessed Michel or Michael Rua, and he is uh, a saint. One second, that. So he is a Salesian saint uh, where he is very much associated because uh, he attended the Don Bosco Oratory as a boy and was very much involved with St. John Don Bosco. And the future saint sent him to college and made him his assistant in youth work. He joined the Salesians and he is the first successor to Don Bosco as the Superior General of the Salesians. Um, so, and he's uh, he's a blessed, and he was born in 1837 in Turin. He died in 1910 in Turin of natural causes, and he was beatified by Pope Paul VI in 1972. 
Thursday, the 7th of April, is the feast day of St. John Baptiste de Salle, who died in 1719. Very much associated with education, the founder of the de la Salle brothers, and very much associated with education, the education of youth, the poor, and training of teachers. Um, so he's the the he found he's the, the proper name for the Dalasal brothers is the brothers of the Christian schools, and he is one of the patron saints of teachers as well. So you know, so big shout out to all teachers, both primary and secondary, and even those at third level as well. Then on uh, Friday, the eighth of February, we have the feast day of Blessed Clement of Osimo. Now, Clement of Osimo is uh, a Clement of Osimo. is is a blessed as a, as a congregation, a member of the congregation of the, Her- the Hermits of Bretino, which uh, merged with the Augustinian Hermits. He became a prior provincial. Then he became the head of the Augustinians at the prior as the prior general. Um, then he was very much associated with the Augustinians and served as the leadership position for most of his life. Um, very much involved with reform of the Augustinian order and uh, with huge devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, and he died in 1291, actually. So uh, so he's he was... Um, he was beatified by Pope Clement the Thirteenth in 1761. So he's an Augustinian saint, Blessed Clement of Osimo. Then finally, on Saturday, we celebrate the feast day of Blessed Catherine Farin. I think that's how you pronounce the woman's name. But Farin, I beg your pardon. She was born. She's a she's a she's a, a Polish blessed. She was born in 1913. And she died Easter morning, 1944, in Auschwitz, in Nazi-occupied Poland. She was orphaned at the age of five, raised by relatives. She entered the congregation of the Sister Servants of Mary Immaculate. Uh, She was a catechist and kindergarten teacher. During the war, she ran an orphanage and continued to work as a catechist. She was arrested by the Gestapo in 1942 charged with conspiracy against the regime and imprisoned, uh, and then finally shipped to Auschwitz, uh, where she was put to work digging ditches. She developed tuberculosis and typhoid, and basically her health collapsed and she died, and she's considered a martyr of Auschwitz. So that is Katarzyna Farron, who's blessed we celebrate on the... Uh, the 9th of April, and who was beatified in 1999 by Pope John Paul II. Aside from that, John, just a reminder to people, the talks are ongoing in Glenstall, half past four on a Sunday, if people want to watch or participate. Uh, they are available online, and they are also being made available on the Glenstall Facebook web page after uh, the talks are being held as well. Any other notices, John? Now, just one or two more, just just the usual ones. Uh, just one, actually. It's the meditation um, that Noreen Lynch, our good friend, Noreen's office through the FCJ Spirituality House in Spanish Point, Count Clare. So Noreen office is online, uh, 11 a.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays for half an hour. 
You want to get involved with that? It's 87 9115 That's Noreen's number there. 87 9115 Or info at ie. So just one more notice. A half-day retreat in preparation for Holy Week will take place at the Redemptive Church in Limerick next Saturday, April the 9th, starting with Mass at 10am and finishing at lunchtime. The retreat will be facilitated by Sister Phyllis Moynihan and Shannon Colopy. And as usual, uh, anyone who wishes to can join in with the retreat at novena.ie. Now, for our prayer space this week, we'll return again to Father Flan Lynch, who's a Capuchin priest, and we're taking this prayer space from Vision Be Inspired. So since 1995, Father Flan has been writing and delivering an economical spiritual program called Vision and has given seminars in Australia, New Zealand, South Korea and England. So for our prayer space this morning, we'll take one of those uh, where Father Fran leads us in a meditation entitled Circle Prayer. And that's followed by that beautiful piece of music, the Song of Micah. So join us again in part two of the program today, where what we've done is we, we wanted to do Stations of the Cross sometime during Lent. It's our last opportunity, really. So we recorded the beautiful liturgy that happened last week last Sunday, actually, in St. John's Cathedral in Limerick. There was a beautiful liturgy, um, Let There Be Peace, Stations of the Cross for people in Ukraine and Russia. It was led by Bishop Bishop uh, Brendan Leahy and also the, the, the Limerick Pastoral Outreach Team. Uh, a beautiful Stations of the Cross, um, and I'll be, finish off with a small little piece of instrumental music, um, Let There Be Peace, or, or a piece is flowing like a river, sorry. So join us again in part two where we'll listen to that station of the cross for this week. Welcome to the circle prayer. And I welcome every member of our group here. Thank you for coming. Our deepest hunger is to belong, to feel loved, accepted, and appreciated just as we are. Our greatest fear is to be cut off and abandoned, left alone and separate in the world. Everyone loves the circle prayer because it gives each person a deep experience of belonging. We begin now by holding the left palm on the left knee. And we take the right hand, palm facing downwards, and we touch the palm beside us with our fingers. We close our eyes gently now. We drop our shoulders. We let go. We open up our hearts and allow the love to flow freely out through our right hand to the person beside us. Each of us in the circle is doing this. So there's a great flow of love now going from each one of us to the entire group. 
We're receiving with the left hand and we're giving with the right. Now the heart of each person is wide open. And so there's this great flow of love coming to us from everyone in the circle. That is why we need to feel loved. Feel loved and accepted. Feel it deep in your heart. Feel appreciated. Feel supported. Feel connected. Connected at a very deep level. Feel united. United as one. Jesus in each of us is uniting us all as one. So we relax and surrender and allow it all to happen. We're not doing anything so much as allowing something absolutely extraordinary to take place. Feel inspired by the power of love that you're experiencing. The experience of belonging. We feel deep, deep gratitude for such a gift. As we receive all this love, we are being healed at a deep level. We are being nourished and transformed. Our confidence is growing. Our self-esteem is growing. Our inner strength is growing. And we start to know in our hearts that we are words of love spoken by God. Most precious words of love spoken by God. So we feel deep wonder delight and gratitude for this great gift.
Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. So this is a deep experience of belonging to Jesus the vine and to one another. We have people of different ages here to show that this prayer is ideal for families. Two people can do the prayer or more. And that can be done in silence. All that's necessary is to open the heart and allow the love to flow. We thank you, Lord, for the wonder of our being and that of every person and the miracle of your presence in us and in every person, uniting us all, and uniting the whole world to yourself.
So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And today we can listen to a recording of the Stations of the Cross uh, for the people of Ukraine and Russia with Bishop Brendan Leahy, Bishop of Limerick, and the Limerick Pastoral Outreach Team, which was held in St. John's Cathedral in Limerick on Sunday, last the 27th of March, in a ceremony entitled Let There Be Peace. So we can listen to this now. The Stations of the Cross are not something that happened once, thousands of years ago. They're not an historical celebration. They're not confined to a particular place or time. Sadly, the Stations of the Cross continue to be part of our daily lives. And we notice this more than ever at times like this. Lord, as we gather together to walk with our Ukrainian and Russian brothers and sisters, we pray that you will walk with us. We pray that you will pick us up each time we fall. We pray that you will continue to speak comforting words to us. We pray that you will put people before us who will wipe our faces and help to carry our crosses. We pray that you will help us to keep going during difficult times, inspired by the love and the hope that we give you. May our prayers here today be a sign of solidarity and a source of love and hope for the people of Ukraine and Russia. We ask this through Christ our Lord. So we pray the stations. And we have some images up on our screen that you can see if you're here in the church. They may not be as clear if you're watching via the webcam. So the first station, as Jesus is condemned to death, a martyr's death, a death not of glory, we unite and pray for the people of Ukraine and Russia who are condemned and subjected to an unjust war, a war not of their making and death for many. We pray that Mr. Putin and his advisors may hear and see and respond to the pain of all the people and not wash his hands of any responsibility. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, hear our prayer. The second station. As Jesus accepted his cross, we unite with the suffering of the people of Ukraine and the ordinary people of Russia as they are burdened with the heaviest cross in their lives at this time. 
with the total destruction of their country and of their lives. May Jesus walk with them on their journey as they are burdened with their cross. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. The third station, as Jesus fell for the first time. We unite and pray for the people of Ukraine as they struggle, falter, and fall on their journey to freedom. As Jesus struggled on his journey, may he be with the people in their weakness and their failing. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. The fourth station, as Jesus met his mother on his journey. We prayerfully call to mind the many heartfelt and painful encounters of men, young and old, bidding farewell to their wives, mothers, children, grandparents, and siblings as they depart to take an active part in protecting their country. We also pray for the brave women who have stayed in Ukraine to play their part in defending their homeland. As Mary supported Jesus on his journey and suffered with him, may Mary, our mother, now support these brave women and men and keep them strong. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, hear our prayer. Fifth station. As Simon of Cyrene helped Jesus carry his cross. We give thanks for the countless gestures of goodwill, prayers and practical help from people across the world as they reach out to our brothers and sisters stranded in this war. May they, like Simon of Cyrene, be a support to the people in carrying the weight of their heavy crosses. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. Sixth station, as Veronica wiped the face of Jesus, we pray for the medical staff in hospitals in Ukraine and Russia, the people who provide shelter for those who are stranded, and all who provide help to their own people. As Veronica wiped the face of Jesus, may the kindness and compassion of the various agencies be a Veronica moment for the suffering people. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, 
hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. Seventh station. As Jesus fell a second time, we pray for those in Ukraine and Russia who find the going very difficult and who struggle to keep going. May Jesus, who knows what it is to fall, be with them in their fear and weakness and give the courage and strength they need. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. And at this stage, we're going to have a pause. And we reflect for a moment that many times throughout our lives we become keenly aware that words fall short when it comes to trying to express how we feel. We struggle to express our sympathy to someone who has experienced an incredible loss or tragedy. Words don't seem to be enough. The importance of just being present to another and the power of silence can hold so much. We will enter now into a minute's silence and be present in a spirit of love, compassion and solidarity with our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and Russia. We trust that this silence and solidarity will reach broken and devasta devastated hearts and lives. And we pray, Christ be with them, Christ before them, Christ behind them, Christ within them, Christ below them, Christ above them, Christ at their right hand, Christ at their left hand, Christ as they lie down, Christ as they rise up, Christ as they stumble, Christ as they fall down, Christ as they stand, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of them, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of them, 
Christ in every eye that sees them. Christ in every ear that hears them. Amen. And the eighth station. As Jesus stopped to meet the women of Jerusalem, we pray for ordinary people of Ukraine and Russia who stop and support their brothers and sisters in greater need than themselves. We pray especially for the women and children as they watch their husbands, sons, fathers and grandfathers go to war. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. So ninth station. As Jesus falls a third time, we pray for those who are really struggling on the road to freedom and who feel they are nearing the end of their strength and courage. May Jesus, who falls for a third time, be with them, giving them the strength they need so badly. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. The 10th station, as Jesus is stripped of his garments, we pray for the people caught up in the war who have been stripped of all their dignity, their homes, and their belongings. We earnestly pray for them as they leave their homes for bomb shelters with minimum possessions without the basic necessities for life. We also pray for those who have fled their country and who seek refuge in host countries. May Jesus, who was stripped of his garments, be their strength. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. The eleventh station, as Jesus is nailed to the cross, we pray for the people of Ukraine and Russia who face imminent death. May God be with them in their possible despair and desperation and hopelessness. May Jesus, who was nailed to the cross, be with them in their moment of possible death. May their suffering in their dying, be echoed and felt throughout the world. Lord, 
Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. The twelfth station as Jesus dies on the cross. We pray for those who have died in the war. May they rest in peace. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them, and may they rest in peace. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. The 13th station, as Jesus is taken from the cross, we pray for families who are grieving the death of their loved ones. May Mary who received the body of her son, be with the families in their great hour of grief at this time. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, hear our prayer. The 14th station, as Jesus is laid in the tomb, may the deaths of those who have died a martyr's death in the war in Ukraine not be in vain. May their bodies be treated with respect and be buried with dignity. As Jesus rested in the tomb, awaiting his resurrection, May the wounds of war be transformed into the balm of peace. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, hear our prayer. Loving God, your Son, Jesus Christ, wept over Jerusalem. Today we weep and pray for the people of Ukraine and Russia. We weep and pray for those uprooted from their homes and lives. We weep and pray for those cowering in basements. We weep and pray for those who have witnessed death and destruction on their streets. We weep and pray for those separated from parents, from children, from spouses and siblings. We are amazed at the resilience of people seeking to comfort those in need. And so we pray for governments opening up borders so that Ukrainians can have safe passage. We 
We pray for churches and individuals providing food, clothing and shelter. We pray for medical workers ensuring that shattered bodies are put back together. We pray for ordinary Russians demonstrating and voicing their disapproval of the military actions in Ukraine. May the Holy Spirit give us the willpower to turn our tears into action also. May we, through our words, prayers and example, pursue the things that make for a just peace in many parts of the world today, and especially in Ukraine. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So we conclude our ceremony thanking you for joining us, thanking those here in the cathedral, thank those joining us through the web camera. We thank Sister Phyllis and the pastoral outreach team of the Diocese of Limerick here for the preparation they have put into this lovely moving ceremony. We go ahead fortified in prayer. Diplomacy has failed. War fails. Prayer is the first and strongest word. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go in peace.
So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane, Shane Ambrose. This point of the program is we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel for this week, for the fifth Sunday of Lent. And Shane, before that, we'll pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it, and that our eyes be closed and our minds wander. When we give ourselves entirely to this listening, we ask this your Father, in union with Mary, who used to cite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the Gospel for this week is taken from the Gospel of John. It's chapter 8, verse 1 to 11. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At daybreak, he appeared in the temple again. And as all the people came to him, he sat down, and he began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman along who had been caught committing adultery. And making her stand there in full view of everybody, they said to Jesus, Master, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. And Moses has ordered us in the law to condemn women like this by stoning them to death. What have you to say? They asked him as a test, looking for something to use against him. But Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground with his finger. As they persisted with their question, he looked up and said, If there is one of you who has not sinned, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he bent down again and wrote on the ground again. When they heard this, they went away one by one, beginning with the eldest until Jesus was left alone with the woman, who remained standing there. He looked up and said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she replied. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go away and don't sin any more. It's the Gospel for this week, for the fifth Sunday in Lentigo. is taken from the Gospel of John this week. Shane, would you like to share a thought with us, please? Yeah, so this week's Gospel is an interesting one. And it's a challenging one, actually, I would say as well for each of us. Um, because... I suppose our mentality is very much Old Testament style. I think it'd be fair to say, um, you know, um, kind of very much eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. If you get, if you if you do that to mine, I'll get yours. All this kind of thing, and it's it's very much, I suppose, challenging us uh, to reconsider that way of reacting to things. Um, Jesus was playing kind of fast and loose here, to be honest, in one sense, um, because whatever way they were going to work, the scribes and the Pharisees were trying to catch him out. So it was basically a case of, she was caught in adultery, so basically under Mosaic law, she should have been stoned to death. But if they did that, or if Jesus said to do that, then he would have been breaking Roman law. So whatever way you went to work, he wasn't really going to come out in a winner as far as they were concerned. Because if he didn't condemn her, then he wasn't upholding the Mosaic law. But if he did condemn her, then he was breaching Roman law and they had him. And 
So th I think that's probably one of the reasons why Jesus took refuge in silence to a certain extent. The other side of it, of course, is also the, what I always find interesting about this is it's the woman caught in adultery. Now, last time I checked, to be involved in adultery involves two people, minimum. Uh, so it was kind of wondering, well, where was her partner in crime, so to speak? And why wasn't he being dragged into the public square uh, to explain himself and to face the consequences of his, of his actions? Uh, and something I suppose for us to think about as we reflect on this, on this gospel is how, uh, not necessarily, I won't say the word victims, but how the, the more vulnerable partner in crime is sometimes those that are victimized by the public rather than going after, as we call it, the big fish, you know, that kind of way of looking at things and asking ourselves the question, do we sometimes be like the Pharisees and the scribes who are very quick kind of to join the mob and look for somebody's head on a plate? Now, Jesus very much didn't take that approach, I think it's fair to say, in this week's gospel, but was very much focusing on the need of the individual's concern and looking out for all involved. Now, it's not that he ignored, you know, what was happening. But he was basically putting the challenge up and saying, it's all very easy for us to condemn a person, but how pure are we that we can make those types of decisions? You know, we live in a very much in a stone-throwing society and that sometimes doesn't care about the circumstances or the nuances in a situation. We want someone to blame. We're looking for that to proverbial head on a plate um you know it's a very much the dangerous mob mentality it's very dangerous it's contagious it's often lazy you know if, if we go along with the mob we're not thinking necessarily for ourselves um you know and it's it's an interesting one that jesus says to his, the religious leaders this year, this week is you know let those without saying cast the first stone so very much putting it up to them to examine their own lives and how they live it and what they're doing. Um, you know, it's also a reminder to us, I suppose, that all of us make mistakes and all of us require forgiveness. And again, this Sunday, we have a gospel of mercy. Like last Sunday, we had the prodigal son. This Sunday, we have a gospel of mercy with the woman caught in adultery. And Jesus says, go and sin no more. I'm, you know, and it's an important line for us to remember. It's not letting them off. Mercy and repentance um, are not get out of jail cards, not some magic wand and something is all disappeared. The reminder to us you know, that it requires faith, it requires genuine, sincere contrition, uh, to use that old fashioned expression, uh, and a reminder to us that you know, grace is not cheap quote Dietrich von Heffer, the, the, the Lutheran theologian who was killed during the Second World War. You know, and sometimes we kind of get take the view that religion should just all be sweetness and light. And there isn't a recognition of the fact that Christianity by its very nature is a tough call. It's a, a difficult calling that calls us to answer to it and presents a challenge to each of us in terms of how 
we respond. Um, you know, the gospel, I suppose, also it challenges us to relate compassionately to others, to rediscover our common humanity. Um, and I suppose the question is, you know, as it's compassion is supposed to be one of the characteristics of the of the followers of Christ. So for us, I suppose, asking ourselves the question, who has shown us compassion this week? And then asking ourselves the question, how can we be compassion to others? Shane, thank you very much, Neil, for that. For reflecting with us on, on today's gospel. And of course, yeah, it, it, it's a gospel we've all, we've all heard before. And as Father Frank Duick always reminds us at Lectio Divina, there's always something deep within the gospel that's maybe waiting for us, uh, something for us to, to hear. This week, I suppose for myself, um, I, I, for some reason it came down to the idea of this gospel telling us about the two different ways of treating sin. The scribes and the Pharisees were for taking the ultimate action, stoning the woman to death. Jesus tells the woman to sin no more. He's offering the woman the chance to continue living her life the way he wants her to live her life, but to sin no more. When we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, that's all. Jesus is also telling us to change our ways and to sin no more. And we're so fortunate to be able to hear those words, and maybe this week would be a good time for us to go to confession and reconciliation ourselves and hear the Lord say that to us. Don't sin anymore, but as Shane said, it's full of mercy. I'll finish off with a, with, with a few little... Uh, well, well, a thought here that came from my good friend Michael DeVertai this week, and he says, Lord, there was a time when f- the feeling of guilt had us paralysed. We felt condemned by voices within us, sermons we heard in our childhood threatening us with hellfire, teachers who told us we had to be perfect. We felt as if we were standing in full view of our accusers, and they were condemning us as deserving of death. We thank you, Lord that you sent us at that moment a wise and kind person who stayed with us, saying nothing, just being there like Jesus, bent down and writing on the ground. Until very gradually, as weeks went by, the harsh accusing voices were silenced one by one, beginning with the most deep-rooted, and eventually we were standing there knowing you were looking at us and telling us that we are now free to go out and lead a good and creative life. Lovely thoughts maybe to take with us this week as we finish off our our program, our podcast this week with that piece of music that we all know, that song we all know. It's Amazing Grace, and this one is sung by Judy Collins with the boys from the choir of Harlem. So from myself and Shane, thanks again for joining us. Next week is Palm Sunday. And Shane, are you going to give us a little reflection next week on Palm Sunday? Palm Sunday, John, we have Holy Week as we enter into the Great Holy Week. Yeah. Before, yeah. yeah, I think that would be good. Until then, for myself and Shane, thanks again for joining us. Take care for the week, and we'll speak to you next week. God bless now. Bye. Bye. One of the world's most moving hymns was written by a former slave trader, John Newton, who said, I hope it will always be a subject of humiliating reflection to me that I was once an active instrument in a business at which my heart now shudders. 
He poured the deep remorse for his sins into music and wrote the haunting spiritual classic, Amazing Grace. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Judy Collins with the Boys Choir of Harlem under the direction of their founder and director, Mr. Walter J. Turnbull. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Through me.